calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Diking Out is brought to you by Studio Headphones. Studio is revolutionizing headphones by combining modern Scandinavian design with killer sound quality. They have a range of models to meet your needs. And right now, our listeners, hi guys, can get 15% off of their purchase by going to studio.com. That's S-U-D-I-O.com. And use the code DIKE, capital D-Y-K-E. And you'll also get free worldwide shipping. All right, let's get to the show. I can't wait for my Orthodox Jewish parents to listen to <laughs> me on the Diking Out podcast. They probably already listen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're listening. <laughs> We're a big hit with religious parents. Oh, yeah. yeah no, they love is, us. This is great. They listen to see when their kids are going to be on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Diking Out, you're Diking Out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, the podcast that just wants someone to look at it the way Kristen Stewart looks at Kate Blanchett. I'm Carrie Berg. And I'm Sarah York. And today we'll be diking out with writer Talia Lavin about misogyny, specifically the politics of misogyny, uh, which she wrote about for The Village Voice in her new column, The Harpy, where she writes about politics and pop culture and rightfully calls people out on their shit. Did you hear that, New York Times? <laughs> Are you listening? Get your shit together. It's possible. Uh, Talia is also on the editorial staff of one of my favorite publications, The New Yorker, and a writer for the Jewish Daily Forward. Talia, thank you so much for being here with us and diking out with us today. This is great. So I do need to just get this out of the Mm -hmm. way before we start talking, uh, because when I Googled you, Talia, I didn't realize that you're the person who got Alex Trebek to say Turd Ferguson on Jeopardy. Really? Yeah. And thank you thank you for that public service. <laughs> this comes up occasionally, like when people Not only Google. did I see this, somebody <laughs> sent me that article when it happened and was like, Did you see this? <laughs> um, I don't, that's awesome. That was 
probably the most surreal week in my life. Like in my life, I I was the thing that went viral before Pizza Rat did. Yeah. <laughs> like I was. We're the, living in a b- b- BPR and APR world. Like, <laughs> like yes, I was the pre. Like I was immediately before Pizza Rat. Like went viral and yeah, it was such a strange experience and like. One thing that was funny is, like, I wore a dress with a lot of cleavage on Jeopardy. I was also terrible on Jeopardy. Like, I did really poorly and was, like, totally freaking out the whole time. And, like, just, like, waving my arms wildly. And, like, people started following along. Um, I I watched it in a bar with my friends. And, like, my friends are also fact-checkers, so they wrote down all my wrong answers yeah. <laughs> in crayon on the tablecloth. But as I was, like, totally catastrophically screwing up. But then, like, <laughs> I, I guess at the time, like, the, the question was, like... Um, it was Final Jeopardy. Okay. It was Final Jeopardy where you get to write your own answer in. Mm-hmm. I loved the... My only preparation for Jeopardy was, like, watching the old SNL celebrity Jeopardy sketches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? Learn that's, all the trivia in the yeah, world? Yeah, that's like, the only I way can't. to prepare. So, Do your best Burt Reynolds impression. Exactly. So I, um, like, uh, I was, like, at $600, and everyone else was, like, in the thousands. So I was, like, all yeah. right. And then the question was, like, this song about censorship was censored in the 1999 Oscars. And I was, like, I was 10. Like, yeah. I have no idea. So I just wrote, like, what is the love ballad of Turd Ferguson? P.S. Hi, Mom, Smiley Face. <laughs> like, That's the best part was that it was the love ballad of Turd yeah, Ferguson. Yeah. And then due to the magic of the internet, some extremely weird bearded musicians actually wrote the love ballad of Turd Ferguson, oh which was, like, God. a tragic story yeah. about, yeah. like, he was, like, a carny and he fell in love and they died. And I was just, like, thank God. No, but I wore, like, this very cleavagey dress mm-hmm. and I got these disgusting Facebook messages and emails sure. of like, oh, God. I like the way your dress wrapped around your body. Oh, God. Oh, look. Oh, yeah. Like, she's got great tits. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of the comments on the YouTube video were just like, I want to Even Jeopardy is not immune to being just grossly sexualized. Yeah, by which was like, I was like, I was on Jeopardy. It yeah. airs yeah. on at 6 p.m. Yeah. Like, it's like, and why do people uh, like to it? Anyway, I got so, like, overwhelmed that I cut off like all my hair and I had this like Mia Farrow in <laughs> Rosemary's Baby like haircut and I started wearing a leather jacket all the time for like a month. Wow. It was very overwhelming. That's emotionally. Um And I was like if Pizza Rat ever needs like a Xanax and a bottle of wine <laughs> and just to talk about it like I'm. You're there. I'm there. <laughs> but that's my origin story. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I had no idea about that until just now. That's you, awesome. You know what we never talked about? Uh, we had the girlfriend of the guy who filmed Pizza Rat on the podcast. Who was that? I forgot who that Becky was. Becky Chicoin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wow. Her boyfriend was the one who taped Pizza Rat. What a rat. small world yeah. of this pod. I know. We're just bringing in people viral who, internet who are stuff. meme adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, oh, that's great. It, it was just like, and now I know kind of what it's like to be famous mm-hmm. for one week. Yeah. yeah. And like, because it was just like weirdly ubiquitous, like. Um, and people kept like emailing my parents and like people that I hadn't talked to in 10 years were like, that's so cool. And I was like, (laughs) this is horrible. And I don't understand why people want it. Like I would never want to be famous. And like having stepped into that life for like 
72 hours or whatever. I'm just like, I'm very happy (laughs) to be completely, (laughs) like if I ever get famous, I want it to be like, Niche famous. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're like the best ornithologist in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like you are the world's expert on centipedes. If yeah. Everyone who's ever thought about centipedes knows who, knows who you are. That's kind yeah. of famous. You get to be like uh, normal like all year round until like the convention and then you're just a, like you're you're the main event. Right. Yeah. But then you get to go back to your normal life. Yeah. Right. I want to awesome. be like if I am ever famous, I want to be like nerd famous. Yeah. You know? Nerd famous would be cool. I was on a game show once and I, my mom thought I was going to like blow up. I'm like, it was just, it was just a game show. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't game know. Show, though? It was million second quiz. And it was the premiere episode of this short lived game show hosted by Ryan Seacrest. I got one message <laughs> on Facebook from this old man who was like, I thought you did really well tonight and I'm sorry you lost. Wow. <laughs> and that was it. But I also like had been up for 48 hours before they put me on TV and they didn't give me makeup and my hair was in like a ponytail that I pulled back and it was kind of like a chaotic thing. So yeah. I, I didn't have like, I don't have cleavage to begin with, but like there, <laughs> if anybody had like tried creeping on me after that, I would have been very concerned for yeah. them. I would have like felt more sorry for them than anything. <laughs> I was on a, I, well, this reality show that never ended up uh, on television, it was a competition show for tattoo artists and I got this tattoo and I had been in New York. It's a bottle of ink. Yeah, it's a quill and ink, and it's on, like, my inner uh, arm. And I had been in New York for, like, less than a month. I moved here basically exactly five years ago, a couple days ago. Um, And uh, literally a week after I moved here, I was just, like, perusing Craigslist for weird things to do, which is, I I mean, not the best way to start start in this this city. Oh, I think it is. (laughs) Yeah, and I found a thing that literally said, like, want a free tattoo? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, of course I do. <laughs> so I, respo- I like responded to the ad, and then they called, some LA number calls me, and it's like, a producer of a show. And I only know that because he said, I'm a producer of a show. Like, I couldn't have possibly known. And they told me to meet them in Union Square, and, and, and I did. I showed up to Union Square, and I got in a minivan with, like, strangers. <laughs> This feels yeah, like you're about to it be feels like, like murdered, like, you're, you're, in like you're the about Hudson to join a cult. Like, yeah, yeah. Like this is actually a brand from Nexium. <laughs> yeah, looks like the woman yeah. from Smallville like oh, totally. beckoned you into the car. <laughs> so I like get in the car, and it, we go out to Newark into like this like a warehouse. But you walk in and it's like, and then you I mean, you walk into this place and it's clearly like a real TV set, and. They literally lined us up and they said, okay, so each of you are going to be assigned to an artist. We're filming this thing just, you know, as they go. So just go in, sit on the chair and tell them what you want. So I sat down and I told them and they give you like five seconds to say yes to like what they're going to tattoo on you. Yeah. And I did. And the guy, like, I I love this. It's my favorite one. I think he did a great job. But I got lucky because a couple of the other people had like some really really bad ones. This one guy had a compass. Well, they need drama for reality TV. So I could see this one guy had a comp. Oh, this is my, uh, this is my hourglass, but this other guy got a compass and I heard the judges critiquing him and they said, how do you get the directions wrong on a compass? Oh no. no. Cause we never actually really saw each other. Like the, the, the people that were actually receiving the tattoos never really interacted with each other after yeah. afterwards. So I didn't see any of their tattoos because we all had like the bandages over them or whatever. But apparently that was so you know he did the wrong 
directions oh. on it. So that sucks. Oh, I consider myself that lucky. Guy, but that guy's cursed to wander the earth forever yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I got in a van and got a wrong compass tattoo. Just Sarah, West honestly. <laughs> when you first said you were uh, on a show that didn't air, my mind just immediately went to you on like some version of like Vanderpump rules oh, where you gosh. hate everybody that you work with <laughs> and you're obviously like that the sore thumb <laughs> like, you're just yeah. like sticking out of the crowd and now I want to see that version of yeah. a show oh, where yeah. it's like all these Vanderpump rules kind of yeah. people and I'd then be the you one being like you're just be angry all terrible yeah <laughs> yeah that was my like bizarre show experience I yeah. think it I think there probably are it's probably on YouTube somewhere. I've never looked because I, it just, it's going to be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful tattoo. Thank you. I yeah. really yeah. lucked out. I, I really lucked out. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you weren't murdered. Yeah. <laughs> also, if this is an elaborate excuse to <laughs> brand me. Right. Or That's indict, this- <laughs> induct me into some sort of sexy lesbian cult. <laughs> I'm in. The tattoo was later for that. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Speaking of sexy lesbian cult, Lena Waithe's outfit to the Met Gala yes, needs to be spoken about. On my oh, list. Oh, good. Um, yes. She walked in there like a lesbian superhero, <laughs> and I loved everything about it. She like, I would so awesome. be such a, I would be an active member of whatever religion she's starting in that cape, that so, cape robe thing. I it's saw, very like, you know, in Black Panther when like, Michael B. Jordan is mm-hmm. like, is this your king? She's yeah. Like, is this your theme? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, fuck How is that not a meme yet? <laughs> is this your theme? Is this your theme? <laughs> Karina the intern, make it. Yeah. Make a meme. <laughs> That's what she's here for. Uh, Photos and emergency meme making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, I didn't even know what the theme was. And I just saw that picture of Lena Waithe, and I'm like, oh, my God. I and, and then for, like, a second, I'm like, is the theme, like, something queer? Yeah. And then it was the Catholic they Church. I was like, oh, no, it's something horrible. Yeah. And I, I, mean, say, I say that as a, fallen, as a fallen Catholic, but there were a lot of capes, and I'm like, is that to yeah. hide the child molesters? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Not to go there. I really no, like Rihanna I, as the Pope, though. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, I, I like anything that might have seemed, was, like, sacrilege, like a woman dressing like the Pope or... Yeah. Just Madonna being there. I wasn't really here for Jared Leto's like Jesus on acid look that he was doing. Yeah, but like I feel like that's his default look anyway. Yeah, it kind of is. I didn't think it. The outfit was not much of a stretch for him. Like I bet he just no, but, opened his closet. And but was I like, like that mm, he went could for. Do this. <laughs> I, I like that he didn't do the black tuxedo though. Like so many. Yeah, many that's true. A lot of guys are just like did. whatever. Else, wear the tuxedo. Yeah. Um, Chadwick Boseman did not, and he looked amazing yes. in his outfit. He killed it. Someone totally tweeted this, but it was like, uh, one of these days they're going to do like a horrible, horribly ironic French Revolution theme. (laughs) And like, I feel like I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. They should do that. Like, (laughs) that would actually be so How many people there would realize the irony, though? But only if like Janelle Monet comes dressed like as a space guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! So after seeing Lena Waithe, I immediately was like, "Is Janelle Monae there?" And yeah. like quickly went to Twitter, and I saw only Tessa Thompson first, but then I saw Janelle Monae, and of course, she looks fabulous. Oh, at, she's amazing at everything. Yeah, her look uh, was pretty rad. Yeah, um, I do like the Catholic outcry of cultural appropriation, which but, I don't know if they know what that means. <laughs> well, they clearly don't, because the Vatican like donated fifty items to the exhibit, yeah. and like I think. 
didn't some bishop in the Archbishop of New York like donate like his mitre to Rihanna? I think he did. Yeah, I forgot his name, but so, he's someone like, like higher up in the in the church I don't know. hierarchy. Yeah, no. Yeah. In the cultural board of directors or whatever. Like, <laughs> cultural appropriation like requires lack of consent. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's why it's appropriating. Like it's taking. Yeah. It's so, like when they appropriated paganism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or when they like appropriated native religions and like yeah. Yeah. the entire world. Yeah. Um and also there requires this power imbalance. Yeah. And the Catholic Church is still pretty Goddamn powerful. Yeah. So probably one of the yeah. most powerful organizations on the planet. So <laughs> yeah. So this is where it's like your contrarian hot takes are like <laughs> fine. And I write I get paid for contrarian hot takes. <laughs> but like I try to make them ones that can't be debunked with five seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like just do do better. Do hot take writers. Be best. Be best. <laughs> Maybe that's what that means. Oh yeah. No, she was like Specifically addressing the op-ed sections of the world, mm-hmm. being like, "Be best." That logo. Be best. Oh, it's and bad. she designed it. Poor Melania. Ugh. I don't feel sorry for her because she's like a racist monster. Yeah. yeah, but like the New Yorker had a whole piece about like her weirdly childlike mm-hmm. um, aesthetic of vacancy is how they put it, and like mm-hmm. there's no burn, like a really high vocabulary burn that I. So I yeah. adored that. But it's true, her 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 whole and I read this one like really long medium essay that poured over her Instagram and how like she's not in any of the photos. They're just like all these looks mm-hmm. out of windows. And she's never <laughs> outdoors. Right. It's just like her looking out at the world as if she's in a cage. Um and so I, I do yeah. I mean, whatever. I would like to like it's almost like you look at a blank canvas long enough, you start imagining shapes. Like I'm like, I would like to project a complex interiority yeah. onto her. But like I just I don't know. I don't think it's there. I don't it's either it not, not there or like either way it's never gonna be I mean it's something that I feel revealed. like she had to have just cashed in a long time ago to get like if you marry someone like Donald Trump, like someone in that position, you're not you, what are you bringing you can't possibly be bringing anything to the table. Like he doesn't know her innermost hopes and desires and her he probably doesn't even know anything about her really. Like deeply about her, so I think really that, you don't think they're close. Yeah. <laughs> like even I try to imagine him at the at his closest point with her, it would had to have just been like a more of a business arrangement, you know? Yeah, and I bet she signed like fifty thousand NDAs, so we'll never oh, yeah. know. We'll oh, never yeah. know. She we'll lives know. in a building in the penthouse of a building constructed with the paper of all those NDAs, just yeah. like stacks and stacks and stacks. I can't. We'll never ever know anything about her. Yeah, I mean the Which, you know. SNL. She doesn't have the information I want. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I well, think, I do. I feel like, you know, who maybe she does. does is, can we talk for a second about yeah. Stormy Daniels? Yes. Yes. So this, I don't know if you scrolled this far back in my, the way I started writing at the Village Voice was like, I sent them a cold pitch being like, hello, I want to go to Stormy Daniels strip show and like write it up from a female perspective. Cause all of the coverage of her make America horny again tour to date was just like very male and like mm-hmm. very like titillated. Yeah. You know? It was like, and, and in one of the, and the New York times story, it was like a member of the news media consented to a lap dance. And I'm like, <laughs> really? You're going to let this guy stay anonymous. Yeah. Like, that's so, so scuzzy. So I went there. So I went out to long Island to Melville, long Island. Oh boy. <laughs> um, to go do this piece. And I just kind of wrote it up as like a, 
America slash like gender dynamics slash I don't know like I wrote up Stormy's like mm. she's an amazing woman not an amazing stripper right. um, she has <laughs> many other talents yeah. but like none of the songs in her routine come that's actually from... my whole Twitter bio an amazing <laughs> woman not an amazing stripper yeah like none of the songs in her routine I think like came from later than 1993 oh wow um, and like it was very I don't know she came out in a red riding hood cape. But that was a moment where I really started paying attention and I was just like, holy shit, like this woman is amazing. She's this sex worker who's standing up to a president. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> I was like so psyched for the 60 Minutes interview. I went to a watch party and I'm like, she is like bold. She demands subjectivity and interiority and desire and, and, th- and thought in a way that we so often don't permit sex workers mm-hmm. And also, she just like, ha- and she, her Twitter is so funny, and she's so mean. She doesn't care if she's nice. <laughs> she doesn't care if she's chaste. Yeah, she's yeah. just like, you know, someone's like, "You're a cheap whore," and she's like, "Actually, I get paid what I'm worth." Yeah, you know, actually, I'm a rich whore. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rich whore. I get get that money. Yeah, and my feeling is like, get that money, girl. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like Donald Trump is an absolute scumbag and a total abuser of women. Yeah, and like. Then her lawyer is like out here, you know, exposing money laundering schemes. And he's like my getting favorite douchebag. Yeah, he is my favorite douchebag. Yeah, that like, jawline. My goodness, I would, he's got some features. I, I <laughs> would ride those cheekbones. I am surprised he's not an MMA fighter. Every time oh, I look he at looks him, like, he actually does look like a particular one whose name I forgot. But yeah, he looks exactly like every MMA fighter. Like yeah. a, like a Frankenstein's monster of M- MMA dudes. And, and I bet it. It's hard for Donald Trump because Donald Trump likes to call it out when men are good looking. Yeah. And it probably really bothers him that he can't be like schlubby. Right. He can't or, come up with a nickname yeah, about like. With one of short, his bully names. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He can't do a bully name for this like kind of wildly handsome silver fox lawyer that she has. Yeah. Yeah, and he like makes bald look good, which is yeah. hard to do. Yeah. It's really hard for white guys to pull off. Yeah. Like, like a bald Donald white Trump guy can't. is so rarely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that's why he got like a chinchilla on his head. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's a, Do they, that's a whole situation. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Do you feel like Stormy Daniel, like, um, I forgot who wrote this piece, but basically that like he, he's really met his match in her because she sort of takes all the like teeth out of his normal weapons. Like she really disarms people who want to come for her because she – she doesn't feel and is not subjected to the kind of shame that other women might be. Like she can't really be silenced and she can't be called a whore. She can't be called like everything just bounces off of her. Like, you know, it rolls off of her like water. And then that that's kind of why they're so uh, helpless when it comes to fighting her, especially on Twitter. You know, she's way better at social media than Donald Trump is for sure. But (laughs) yeah, well, he I think he's called her like a total con job. Yeah. Uh something like In that. In one of the rare times he's even yeah, actually. I think mentioned he's mentioned her, her name once. Yeah. yeah. It was something like Something along uh, those lines, like uh trying to discredit the story, but not coming for her in a personal way that he has. Yeah, he doesn't have a nickname for her. So so yeah. I think the two things of like she is really immune to 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 two um I'm just trying to look up the tweet. Yeah, so he has this like very lawyerly tweet. Uh, like arbitration for damages against Miss Clifford Daniels, like you know, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? Because you know, he wanted to write something like 
Like, you know, this whore. And I'm like, yeah. if he does, like, you know she'll be all up in it. She'll quote that tweet. Yeah. yeah. It will dominate a news cycle. He's never used the word stormy. I'm like, what? So, yeah. So, yeah. So she, and the other thing about her, and I think other than, the, so she's been having sex on camera for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then also, um, I mean, her porn is very, like, yeah. it's not, like, sophisticated stuff. But, like, you know, she fucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not ashamed of it. And then she also doesn't give a shit if she's nice. If people, yeah. if you think she's nice, like she is just mean and cutting, but like not, you know, I would say like, she's usually kind of like, if people come at her, she comes back. It's mm-hmm. not like she's like, you know, people picking. can't gaslight her in the way that they can other women. Well, I just think there's so much pressure. I mean, it's, uh, to to always come off as like nice and meek and yeah. demure, and she so doesn't buy into that, and so I think that is one of her weapons. And the other thing is that like, she, you know, she ran for Senate in Louisiana like years I ago. Know that. Uh, she had a whole Senate campaign against this guy David Vitter, who like was caught. Um, he had a diaper fetish. Oh. Um, when like this big DC madam was busted okay. and he was found to be on her client list as like, a diaper that. fetishist. Yeah. yeah. So people drafted Stormy, who's from Louisiana to run against him in a Senate campaign. And then her campaign manager's car was bombed. Uh, and she, what? uh, has some personal stuff, get into the news and she wound up dropping out, but she was like, her, her campaign slogan was Stormy Daniels screwing people honestly. Oh my. And her final statement as she dropped out was like really strong, strongly in favor of campaign finance reform. All right. And that was the moment when I was like, I need to read her memoir. Yeah. I want to ghost. I actually wrote to her representative and to Michael Avenatti being like, if you ever need anyone to ghostwrite Stormy's memoir. Yeah. (laughs) Like, please. (laughs) Which is kind of an insane thing to do, but I'm just very taken with her. I find her fascinating. That's awesome. Now, I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't done too much research into Stormy. I mean, I've Mm -hmm. been like following the the news with what's going on, but I've never looked into like her porn or or anything like that or her um her background. But well, that people fit. know me also as a big Stormy fan. Yeah. Like yeah. they send me all the Stormy stories. So I yeah. like keep up my expertise that way. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah, like she's an amazing and you know she's like a champion horse rider that's her oh. like show jumper of horses that's her oh like uh hobby equestrian yeah like a like dressage dre- or whatever yeah. 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 She yeah. Does dressage riding oh wow yeah. she lives in texas and uh she she does dressage riding there she rides under a different name um not st- it was like stephanie i forgot her i forgot her equestrian name but like oh, okay. she rides under a different name but it's her and like you can see her doing like show jumping and she broke her back at the, like last year and it's still on a stripping tour. Basically someone's like, she's awesome. Someone she, needs to give her an HGTV show. That's yeah, what I want. She, she has That's done the next more step work logically. Yeah. in like one day than Donald Trump has done in his entire life. Right. Yeah. She's totally fascinating. I definitely want her to be like, the David that brings this Goliath down. Yeah. But then, I, like, will we name it Stormy Daniels International Airport or Stephanie Clifford <laughs> International Airport? Well, her, she will her deserve birth that name that is Stephanie Gregory. So, oh, okay. Stephanie Gregory cool. International Airport. Yeah. I don't know. Hashtag resistance Twitter gets, like, a little wild with the fan fiction. And I, like, <laughs> I, I never like to, 
I, I mean, it's, I would love to, you know, imagine an end to this administration, but I never want to like map it out. Right. I'm suspicious of anyone who's like, I know exactly how things are going to end. I'm like, no, you can't. We're like in a, you know, snow globe of chaos. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't know how anything's going to end. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if, if she were the catalyst yeah. for the end to this grotesque era of public corruption and like open racism, it would be beautiful. It would be. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. Anyway, thank you for letting me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we. I don't think we've talked about her on the podcast before. Not really, and, no. and it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the funny, the other, the last thing I'll say is that I watched the 60 Minutes interview, and I've seen Anderson Cooper on TV a lot, and he's like, he like likes to stand handsomely in like disaster zones mm-hmm. and interview serious people. But he was so uncomfortable interviewing Stormy Daniels. like, And she was wearing this like, Button down shirt, and she has huge boobs. And yeah. So do, so do I. Mine are natural, but like, <laughs> but I was like, girl, like I know you felt like you needed to wear this on the news. Yeah. But like, he's like, they're like sitting there. He's so uncomfortable. She's like actually telling some jokes and like getting a little loose with it. But he's like, he was like so much more comfortable interviewing campaign finance experts. And I'm like, dude, Anderson. Like, yeah. I, they should have sent out Leslie Stahl or like someone who wouldn't have like had such a you know, yeah, Stick he was very, about yeah, the whole he thing. was very like, like, this is really about campaign finance violations. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, is it, yeah, or is it not. about lying about having sex with a porn star and like paying her off? Mm-hmm. And like, do you think that Shark Week and unprotected sex and oh, Shark Week is forever ruined? Yeah, that's why I call my period. <laughs> <laughs> that's For real, great. that's pretty normal, right? Yeah, so. I think, I think, I've, I think maybe I've heard. Of some people calling it that, but that's a great, that's an awesome thing to call your period. Yeah. I like, need a new name for it. Yeah. Shark well, week. it's because you would attract sharks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm curious. Are, are you buying into the conspiracy that the other Playboy model who allegedly was pregnant, that that was really Trump and not the Republican? So Elliot Broidy. Yes. yes. So, he, mm-hmm. so first of all, it's so remarkable. Like, it's crazy that the top brass, the RNC, is like Michael Cohen, mm-hmm. like area sleaziest man alive. Yeah. Elliot Broidy, this guy who like, so the corrupt. only news stories about yeah. him were like, just like unbelievably shady stuff with like, like Qatar. And yeah, foreign like, governments. Like and, funneling mm-hmm. in money. And then Steve Wynn, area like Ugh. manicurist assaulter. And yeah. so I'm just like. Okay, the RNC is like top brass, like is just suicide like a criminal squad of ring. disgusting harassers that are on the board, or, just, you know, in yeah. that leadership structure. Just like a wart cluster of yeah. humanity. <laughs> um, but like, so yes, I saw that New York Mag article. I thought it made a pretty compelling case. And like, so Ken Klippenstein, who's like a smart reporter and mm-hmm. way too online as I am, uh, did an interesting story today about like <clears throat> how Broidy like had this, like, squad of, like, bodyguards who were carrying guns without licenses in Florida. Like, Brady has plenty of sketchy stuff going on, but, like, the New York Mag article is right. He's been married to the same woman. They have, like, multiple kids. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just, like, of all the sketchy things in his persona, like, this doesn't seem to immediately fit. It's like, when was he hanging out with, like, you know? A playboy... And the difference between Stormy and then the other woman, Karen McDougal, who has come mm-hmm. forward about her also unprotected sex. Oh, God, she gave this interview, and she was like, I was just so sad when I found out, like, she was having sex with him at the same time. 
I was having sex with him. I'm like, oh, honey. <laughs> That's what you were like, sad about? <laughs> oh, my sweet summer child. Like, what? Yeah. And she, like, voted for him. It was a whole thing. But yeah. um, anyway, I'm team Stormy. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> so I think this other woman got pregnant, and, and he pay, and David Dennison paid yeah. for her abortion. So it would make sense that Brody was, like, covering up. Yeah. So um, David Dennison is the name and the, the his, code name in the NDA. Yeah. yeah. So David yeah. Dennison yeah. and Peggy Peterson. Which is clearly Donald but Trump's in, in both, aliases in the hush. Yeah. yeah. And that in was in both the hush NDAs. Alias. That was yeah. the, it was in Stormy's and it was his. And Michael Cohen literally graduated from the worst ranked law school in the entire country. Elliot Brody is Trump a fantastic. Like, no, it's <laughs> like called Cooley. I think oh, it's called. Yeah. And it's literally ranked last yeah like i'm not even exaggerating yeah. it is ranked last like he's a lawyer i'm making air quotes you can't see this yeah. is a podcast but um <laughs> but like and elliot Brody is this like bajillionaire he like can afford a real lawyer like yeah the kind of like a patrician ivy league accent and yeah a pocket <laughs> square that costs more than my apartment yeah. like one who might change the names of aliases right. in an nda <laughs> one who might like not fuck up some like minor detail that any other real lawyer would have figured out and you know immediately or like open up sketchy llc's under his own name right like come on yeah, yeah. i yeah uh, roy Cohn would be so mad if you were like right yeah. <laughs> like he'd be like i die and this is who you employ <laughs> yeah. you find michael cohen who's this little schmuck yeah just like third rate fucking loser. Just like to go Just from Manhattan Roy Cohn to Michael Cohen. It's like, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to get a thug lawyer, get There's the best. There's plenty of good ones. Yeah. Get the best. But Donald Trump doesn't have any money. That's the thing. I think that's the one that's thing why. that he doesn't want anyone to find out. That's He'll the whole take anyone who point work, of all this. Work for him for free. Exactly. So many people worked on the campaign. Well, now they're figuring out that volunteers. Cohen's been charging literal cash for FaceTime with the fucking president of the United States. Yeah. So that's where he's getting money. But Trump is not a rich man, and I think that if we could, if we could drill down to that and like, not I don't give a fuck about his base; they're never gonna believe any truth that you put in front of him. But like, if if proof that he was not nearly as rich as he says he is were to get out, that would be the ultimate thing that would drive him just mad. Yeah, I, I don't. Need, there's no I, other I need moral... cat woman to break into yeah. the IRS yeah. and get yeah. those goddamn tax returns. Yeah. I need to see them. I want to see them. Like, it's not that I've even, like, built them to some holy grail or, like, mm-hmm. whatever. I just want to see them. Yeah. Like, I want to see them. I want to see his actual medical stats now that, like, both his doctors have turned out <laughs> to be, like, totally discredited, like, quacks. Yeah. Um... So I, I, guess, I think the Ocean's Eleven sequel, I know the <laughs> of the female reboot, but yeah. we need Sandra Bullock to get the girls back together and break into the IRS. Absolutely. And just take... Get the tax returns. His, come on. Yeah. I need them to leak. I know. Like, and not that, it's a matter like, of time. piddling one-page Maddo shit either. I need, oh. like... I need, like... Shane Goldmacher or like yeah. Eric Lipton to get like a million pages of, <laughs> of Trump tax returns yeah. and just nail him. Like that's yeah. my fantasy at night. Yeah. Um, I'm like one of five lesbians that doesn't watch Rachel Maddow because I don't have cable. Yeah. But I don't watch her either. Well, I my- did tune in for that. And that's the only time I I've seen her, her show. And, and I like- tuned it in and I was like, what? It is was nothing. This it's like bullshit. Rachel, Rachel, how dare you? Yeah. I mean, it did like come up during the tax quote-unquote reform legislation that, like, oh, like, they just so happened to be closing a loophole where he paid 
blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But like, so even that minimal amount of information did have some utility, but it wasn't like, ooh, the Russians. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like Putin, Vladimir (laughs) paid you $20 million. We have the returns. That was like such a misleading. We have the returns. It was. (laughs) Rachel should know better to take a lesbian away from her regularly scheduled TV watching (laughs) for that kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, the L kind word of like, I'm interested in oh, yeah. is LLC. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm such a dork. I love that. Um, this oh is God. the only podcast where you can make those jokes, so yeah. keep no, on coming. Uh, no, this Our is audience great. Loves this. I just like, up. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, by the way, ladies of the podcast, I am single. All right, <laughs> you're yes. here first. So single, cool. That's amazing. Um, well, I yeah. guess that kind of like falls a little bit into the piece that you just wrote about uh, the two Eric's. Um, where Tale of two Eric's, and they're both Jewish too, which like yeah. so bums me out. Yeah, like I'm like, come on, guys, please yeah. behave. The glam are watching, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yes, of kind of just how like this. There doesn't seem to be like you think. You think there's a line in the sand of like morality in the Republican party of like, okay, here's what they won't tolerate from one of their people. And then you got to just brush it out and, and, you know, make a new line, a new line, a new line. Cause there's just fucking nothing. It seems like to me, I mean, you would have thought Roy Moore and all of the, the accusations of, you know, like all the like child molestation predator. and yeah, the mall, the, yeah, the, he's fucking I think, from a I mall. think it's, Men having gay sex. I think that's the line, right? I, I you know, yeah, that might be the line. Guy, yeah, it was like affiliated with the that family research council thing, and he stepped. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, it's gay sex. It's abortion, and I guess it's literally murder. But not even because Don Blankenship. Yeah. Right. Was just running in West Virginia. Yeah. I think what <clears throat> there are two things I think that like signal this sort of seismic shift, and one is like, you know, Donald Trump is this avatar of shamelessness. Mm -hmm. Like, shame has had tremendous power in politics until now. There was, you know, that's what causes people to resign. Mm -hmm. That's what causes people to back out of positions. You know, oh, my life is ruined. Oh, my reputation is ruined. And then Trump is this guy who's like, you can't ruin my reputation. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I'll just keep fighting. Um, I'm just not going to accept shame as an emotion Mm because he doesn't feel emotions the way... And he doesn't even, he can't even perform emotions like most people do. Yeah. Um, And so I think with him as the head of the party, you know, more and more, like open Nazis, we have like three open Nazi candidates, like the leading Republican in the California um, Senate primary Mm -hmm. is an open Nazi. You have Paul Nellen running for Paul Ryan's old seat, Mm -hmm. and he's this open Nazi. You have that uh, Arthur Jones in Illinois. So open Nazis, that's fun. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> uh, then you have Blankenship, who killed 29 minors and mm-hmm. is obsessed with how much he hates Chinese people. Yeah. Uh, Roy Moore, the mall predator. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, so, and then you come to Eric Greitens, mm-hmm. who's the still the governor of Missouri. Yeah. And has just had, he's like under two felony investigations. Yeah. Um, one was like for really horrific abuse of a woman that he had an affair with. Uh, one is for this, I think, came up in like as he was being examined a little more closely. Uh, he used 
the mailing list for his charity. He just like emailed it to himself and started raising campaign funds from the same the same pool, pool of, people. of people, and that's illegal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and Greg's he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um. Sadly, uh, he was a former Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He's like handsome and this sort of. I described him in my column as he could credibly play like a hot sociopath in a <laughs> Lifetime movie. Very yeah. true. Like yeah. he's got these like blue eyes and cheekbones yeah. or whatever. He's probably been on Law and Order. Yeah. They've like, had like seasons. actually been on it. Yeah. yeah. But Have you ever lived read, in New it's York? Like, you read what this woman says about him and like. It's pretty horrific. It's, ho- it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. It's like horrible. It's like chills my blood. Yeah. To, to read it. And this is out there about him. And like in an era in which shame was still an operating public mm-hmm. factor, he would have resigned voluntarily as soon as this happened. Yeah. It's been 77 days since he was initially indicted for, again, mm-hmm. like what the indictment was, was that he like had this woman bound, tied in his basement, uh, blindfolded, and mm-hmm. he took a photo of her. Um, she saw the flash, you know, behind mm-hmm. the blindfold. And then he later threatened to release the photo if she ever, you know, spilled about their tryst. But what I understand is like, what is that? He's like, oh, I'm going to release this photo I took of you bound in my basement. But it's like, to but you took husband, the photo, bro. Oh, okay. So like he wasn't threatening to like, I'm going to put this on the internet. Cause it's like, that would only implicate you, wouldn't no, it? No, no, to her husband. Okay. So yeah. that's, that was her, that was his like revenge porn kind of thing. To exactly. Her, and so it was, was, it was felony invasion of privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like, but then the Missouri house, um, uh, did like this, uh, oversight hearing and, mm-hmm. and they produced this report on April 11th. That was just like, it's like, it, it really is like soul crushing. I mean, it's this woman who in his criminal trial, her name will be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she, I mean, she, she alleged that, that he initiated oral sex while she was literally sobbing. Yeah. On yeah. His basement floor. And she said like, I thought this is what was necessary to get me out of the basement. Right. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. He's a former Navy SEAL. She's like completely broken down at this point being like, you took a picture of me naked. Like what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And so it was just really harrowing to read. And so in an era in which shame is inoperable, this man is still governor of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and the AG who's been prosecuting him is going to like run for Senate against Claire McCaskill. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole thing. It's very political. It's very dirty. But then you compare that with the case of Schneiderman, Eric Schneiderman, mm-hmm. former attorney general of New York. Literally, I so I work at the New Yorker, and and, and like I can't say too much about the the internal mm-hmm. process, but you know, we published the story. Hour and a half, Cuomo comes out with a statement saying he mm-hmm. should resign. Uh, Gillibrand comes out saying he should resign. Um, de Blasio was like way late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where were you? Uh, and he resigns three hours, three, three hours. hours. That's all it. It he took. had been attorney general for seven years. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the power of shame. Yeah. That like a long shame lunch is break is how it's long it's actually it good for yeah. politicians to feel shame. It is. Yeah. Like, well, I, I think something that's happening now with Republicans is that they see how much Trump has gotten away with. And I think a lot of, the men who look up to him are now thinking that they can get away with it too. Like we're now in a time where if you lie and you Mm -hmm. gaslight enough that you can get it away. 
and it seems to mostly just work for Donald Trump. And again, like, yes, nothing really happened to Roy Moore in terms of like him facing any real consequences. Um, but he did lose Yay. by such by, a razor yeah, sharp margin. By razor sharp, but he yeah. probably had that not come out one by like right. Oh, uh, he would have won probably by. I mean, he's such a, I think a, a hideous bigot. He is too. the worst. Yeah, and like now he's running this like lost. persecution. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Too trying to like or, sue the women who came forward about him and things like that. I'm like, yeah. being like, raise money for my holy war against the Washington Post. It's like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. No, um, but but yeah. Yeah, no, Blankenship lost. More lost. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in saying that various Nazis will lose. They're various. Con- Although, yeah. you know, that's Some said Nazis before. will win. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe. But yeah, I mean. Possibly. I mean, I, I, I do think that men, especially in positions of power, especially, especially in politics, have always felt like they can get away with um salacious behavior and mm-hmm. and abusing women so you know there's men who cheat on their wives and think they can get away with it but then like this whole next level of men who are just like who literally victimize people yeah. and abusing yeah. women and treating them as disposable and like all sorts of horrible things and thinking that that they can get away with it and i think that's always kind of been a thing but yeah. but i feel like when they used to get caught it was like they would sink sink back into well, the ground, whereas now everyone's a little bit emboldened and they think, no, I can still be governor. We're just going to take a quick break here to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Studio, a cool headphone company. We mentioned them at the top of the episode, but I didn't say that I've been using their Tray model, which is a Bluetooth headphone, and it's made for being active. And I will say it is definitely the best pair of headphones I've ever had for running, jogging, working out. They stay in. They don't move. You don't feel like they're going to fall out. They're nice and snug. They don't hurt. I mean, unless you have weird ears or something, but the sound is great and I'm very, very happy with them. I know a lot of you lesbian and queer ladies like to be active. So go to studio.com, S-U-D-I-O and use the code Dyke. How exciting. Have you ever used the promo code Dyke before? Capital D-Y-K-E to get 15% off your first purchase. They have free shipping worldwide in all different models and colors. And also, again, you get to type in the word dyke and get a discount. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Well, I, I think there's such a there's also such a clear difference in it's like yes, misogyny is the one through line through all of this, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, or anywhere in the middle. But the difference I see is that the the party as an organization is only one party is holding its members accountable for this kind of shit. Like you'd mentioned, you'd brought up it in your, in your, in your piece about Al Franken. Like it did not take long for him to basically be ousted by the democratic party as well. And it's because I just, that's the thing that like, that's the set, the thing that separates this. And I love how like conservatives love to just, you know, revel in people like Schneiderman or, or Franken falling when it's like, 
that you're doing that because with this is the party that holds their their people accountable. Not and not even enough really, but like yeah. at least it's some whereas in the Republican party it's like the worse the worse these guys are, the more people circle the wagon to defend them. Yeah. Like it's they grow with like with all the shit, you know. Yeah. It's like, they're like they're the villain in Fern Gully, like the more pollution <laughs> It sucks up the hexes. It just like gets bigger and bigger and, and, and engulfs everything. That's 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 the thing that like separates them. These men men are gonna do shit like this. They, they every man in power does this kind of thing. Whether it's yeah. a matter of I don't and I what I what I want to know is like well is it because not all men yeah <laughs> the army that comes in well I don't. Um, Actually, <laughs> I'm great. I mean, the progressive men I, are just as I fucking love, bad. I love eating pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Here's your medal. Here's Wow. She wrote a very I good actually, sketch about this, actually. Uh, men who get actual literal trophies for, like, going down on their girlfriends or yeah. like, not like putting on a condom. Like, with a little bit of a belly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. I can make your penis hard. Here's Amazing. your New York Times op-ed. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your platform. Wow, my <laughs> dreams came true. Yeah, like, yeah but it's, it's just like, it blows my fucking mind how how little, like this party that, you know, the Re- Republican Party that like uses like morality as one of their platforms and everything, when they repeatedly aren't. And it's not about morality anymore. It's literally about how can we make, how can we keep women in their place in such a way that, it's like how can powerful. we rob women of bodily agency? Exactly, that's like the yeah. only that is literally their that platform. They have yeah, yeah. No, and so two things. Like one, you know, uh, so I did get some pushback against the column because I, I tried to basically make the point that there's like this chasm between the parties in terms of like how much they hold people, um, uh, men accountable mm-hmm. for misogyny. And so I used Franken and Schneider men as my examples of Dems. Did you get a hundred people that were like, "What about Bill Clinton?" No, okay. actually, no. Um, <laughs> Surprise! I mean, because like I, I was talking <laughs> yeah. about like you know, in like the past seven months that we yeah. decided that sexual yeah. abuse matters. Yeah. Um. Before it was fine. Yeah. Um, but like, so there have been two, um, uh, members of the House of Representatives, Dems, who and and I actually just found out about one of these cases today, and I like follow the news pretty carefully. Mm-hmm. It's just we live in like the tr- Trump. I don't know. Oh if, yeah, the news cycle, the is fire hose. Of exactly, yeah. horrible and it's like, stories. So I don't know if any of you, either of you, read Infinite Jest, but the, like the I started. Uh, <laughs> there's a central like point of Infinite Jest about like there's a movie that once you start watching it, you can never stop. And yeah. it's called The Entertainment, and like people die just like watching it. And I feel like Trump is the entertainment mm-hmm. um, in many ways because you can't rip your eyes away from this grotesque whatever. Although here we are not watching his rally in Indiana, so go us. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so so there was this representative from L.A. County. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, and he was sued for allegedly um, uh, sexually assaulting a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name hasn't been revealed because she was a minor at the time. Uh, and... He, like, still has his position, even in, like, he's, like, a a deputy whip Mm -hmm. in the Dem leadership. Uh, He's said, like, this is, you know, not fake. He doesn't say fake news, but he has, like, contested the allegations. Um, And it's this this lawsuit. 
So that's still hanging out there. Then there's this like representative, um, Kahuen is his last name, mm-hmm. K-I-H-U-E-N, who like isn't running for re-election after two staffers alleged that he mm-hmm. had sexually harassed them. So there are, but like he wasn't forced out. He's just yeah. like, has just not coming back. He's just for, not coming back. Yeah. So of course there could be more accountability and like, you know, yeah, I think each, we all know the democratic party is far from perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like each, each, uh, and also each body has its own system and its own issues. And so like, yeah. And state parties are separate entities, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, like, I think there is value in saying, you know, and, and then there are people who argue, like, oh, but, you know, if we kick them out when just allegations emerge, then we make ourselves vulnerable to attack. And, like, oh, we lost Al Franken and, oh, we lost Eric Schneiderman. And then, like, weird conspiracy theorists um, come out, you know, and saying, oh, this is very convenient. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. Jane Mayer is a secret agent of Donald Trump. Like, yeah. Come on, what was wrong with you? Um, but, like, and I say, like, at the end of the day, no, like the ability to draw a bright line to say like, this is the difference. We hold misogynists accountable is like a valuable one. Mm-hmm. It's a valuable one to have. And like people see it and people aren't dumb. You know, they notice that like there are consequences for being a Democrat who abuses women, uh, who gropes women, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really actually important. And, and I think it's a strength instead of a liability mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, as painful as each individual moment. And like, Donald Trump Jr. gloating on Twitter. I'm like, your father! Ah! Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. And probably him, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, and like, the other thing that I wish had more strength in our politics right now is accusations of hypocrisy. Because like, Republicans at this point are just so hypocritical, I feel like they're immune to it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you can't even say, like, you're a hypocrite. Because like, they know. Yeah. Oh. They don't care. Uh, like, like, Mike Pence saying that we need to wrap up the investigation into Russian intervention, but Benghazi, like how right. long? Yeah. Or you know, where were the calls I'm sure to wrap be that up, up from the right, Republicans right. or, or Whitewater that went on for years. Yeah. Or proudly introducing Joe Arpaio and being like, he's the champion of law and order. Oh, I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, he, the criminal contempt of court guy. Yeah. yeah. The like literally caused people to die in his concentration camps guy. Yeah. Cool. Mike? Yeah, it's like they... Oh, I hate him so much. When it comes to, like, holding these guys responsible for misogyny, when, when your whole brand is misogynistic, like every single policy initiative that has anything to do with women's reproductive rights or anything like that is misogynistic, but also, like... And really back, you know, work any, like, workplace yeah. protections oh, and like school the, protections. There's and- so much happening that they've chipped away at or that they're just completely removing altogether that protects women in some way. Like we're not, we're still, it's still just like the wild west out there. It's just happening everywhere, but it just really, it really, it's really interesting how, uh, how these conservative men love to step up and gloat like what Donald Trump Jr. did about, uh, was that about Schneiderman that he, Oh yeah. And, yeah. and about Franken and, like, and, tr- just and, and Trump no himself fucking, tweeted about, Oh, and Trump tweeted about, about Franken, trace of like self-awareness, like not even there's no nothing these guys won't. No shame. Yeah. I'm like feel more shame. Yeah. It doesn't like, exist I, anymore. It's like, I want to be like that nun in game of Thrones yeah, to just shame. walk around yeah. with a bell yeah. screaming at Republicans to feel more shame or at least like, 
and and let's face it, like no man in power wants to relinquish power. It takes right. a lot to get into power. So like social chastening, the sense of like it's no longer tenable for me to be in my position. Like that's what Schneiderman said. He's like these allegations, which I contest, like have made it impossible for me to continue to be in our position and, and like to effectively lead, right? And like. Do you I think that's get him, the, or is that the Democratic Party being like, that's get the fuck the out? the governor like, of his to, state an yeah. hour and a half after yeah. this comes yeah. out saying, resign. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and the senator, one of the senators, Schumer was like, I'm not touching this. Right, of course. Um, oh Schumer, I do not think, is an effective party leader particularly. Um, I agree. Um, especially not compared to Pelosi, who, like, can whip her caucus. Mm-hmm. Um that sounds like such a dirty phrase. It I does. I kind of like it. <laughs> whip her caucus. <laughs> I don't. There's too really much whip that cock caucus in that. out. Yeah. <laughs> too much <laughs> cock in the word caucus for me. But, yeah. uh, whip I my caucus, Nancy. <laughs> um, I'm trying to try out my sensual voice it's, on the podcast. It's great. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah, no. So I think that there is value in, there is some value in shame. Mm-hmm. And like, it's good when like what we're ashamed of changes. Like, People are openly gay and running for office now, and that's mm-hmm. great. And like, you know, people are trans and and winning, and like, and and um, those are things people shouldn't be ashamed of. But like, mm-hmm. you should be ashamed of abusing women. Women, you should be ashamed of groping women. You should be ashamed of, you know, corruption. Yeah, that used to be a thing. Now we're just of like accepting bribes, and now of- we're just like AT and T is bribing the president. Yeah. Oh well, it's Tuesday. LOL. Yeah, <laughs> like and. I mean, something that's also very disappointing, too, is all of the women with internalized misogyny mm-hmm. who, who participate in this, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, Kellyanne Conway also said, you know, the gotcha tweet mm-hmm. with Schneiderman. And I'm like, but what? what but you're okay with? Like, like I think that. At gosh. this point, women in the Republican Party, I just have no, I have no words for i have no they're all like, aunt culters yeah aunt well, culter yeah or or aunt lydia you know yeah, like yeah. that there have always been female gatekeepers of misogyny mm-hmm. there have always been you know members of oppressed minorities who side with the oppressor because it gets them power and it gets them acceptance to a degree mm-hmm um, it makes them feel like they are that they're different, that they're somehow immune to those forces of oppression. At the end of the day, they're not, but it makes them feel that way. Like, yeah, I mean, so one of the, the stories this woman them. has been featured in a few stories, but there's this woman named AJ Delgado who was part of the Trump campaign, and she had an affair with Jason Miller, um, who's like still a CN. He's like this horrible dude who appears on CNN as like a pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. schmuck uh he has this like awful chin strap beard that's like <laughs> ross doubt that's beard but yeah. somehow worse ew ross doubt that's beard so bad i know this is even worse like it's like a worm that lives on his face yeah. it's just terrible <laughs> um they had an affair she had a baby and jason miller is still on cnn every night like spouting asinine pro-trump talking points and aj delgado is like totally out of the world of politics. Like she mm-hmm. had a baby. She was no longer useful to them. She like was with child out of wedlock. <laughs> yeah. Like, bye. Her political career is over. Yeah. And I think that's, there's another phrase I've heard called like pick me. Have you ever heard this? No. Where, where it's like, pick me, pick me. Like I will tell you all the other 
women are bad, yeah. not like me, pick me. Uh, mm. And the thing about being a pick me is that when you're picked, it feels good. Yeah. Even if you have to trash other women to do it. Like, you when know. You have to be like the Tommy Laren of whatever you're in. That I feel like that's kind of the figure that Tommy Laren has become, or Tommy or whatever her first name is. Tawny larynx. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tammy, as she's often known as on the internet. Tammy lasagna. It's just, it really bums me out. But I'm just at the. I just, I've I've completely given up on these women at this point. Like, there's just no Sarah Sanders. You can look all your life, and you'll never find a soul in yeah in Sarah Sanders and Kelly and Conway. And I think like. This is also another point that I have like sort of brought up in columns. I wanted to do a longer rant about, and I've like Twitter threaded about it a million times, but like you're not a feminist just because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not a feminist because you were born with a vagina, and you're not a feminist even if you're a woman in power. Mm-hmm. Like if you work against women's rights, if you work against the advancement of every other woman, mm-hmm. like you're not in the sisterhood. Like I have sisters by blood and by choice and you are neither. Mm-hmm. Like just because you are a female campaign manager who, you know, what, what, what did they say about Kellyanne Conway? She was like the first female campaign manager of a victorious campaign. Like whoop-de-doo. Right. Look who you elected. Yeah. You're not my friend. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, that's the whole thing with Gina Haspel. Is like, oh, you call yourselves feminists, but you're all I'm like being As a feminist doesn't means, mean we have to be pro torture. Right. Like, like just blindly support blindly every support woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like that I mean like beyond just like torture is immoral in every aspect. Like I don't think there's a specific like feminist anti torture case to make, just like beyond the bounds of basic humanity. morality yeah. and humanity. But like, yeah, that's that's a good example. Like, you know, Gina Haspel would break a certain glass ceiling, but if you're standing on the corpse of a tortured person to do it, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and fuck you, Sarah Sanders, and fuck you, Kellyanne Conway, and fuck you, you know, Michelle Bachman. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, you spend your lives. You Sarah Sanders spends her life spewing lies and propaganda to defend an administration that is hell bent on taking away. Every sign of progress women have achieved is steaming mm-hmm. towards repealing Roe versus Wade, you know, which they absolutely will if they can get another Supreme Court justice onto the court. And so, like, no, I I will not be forced into a sugar pill feminism that is completely empty mm-hmm. of substance. Girl power and women's empowerment is not the same as giving women power, which is what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Feminism isn't something you can buy. Feminism is for women that don't have a bank account. Mm-hmm. You know, feminism isn't something that you have by birthright. It's something you have to choose, and it's hard, and it's uncomfortable, and men hate you. And, mm-hmm. like, some women hate you, too. But, like, it's the – I firmly believe it to be right. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a rant. Sorry. Why <laughs> won't uh, – why won't – Journalists from big outlets like CNN, New York Times, et cetera, use the word lie. Like, it's infuriating. Like, st- the, the, the phrases they use, like, stated, stated a falsehood or, like, the word falsehood really bothers me. Yeah. I, just, I, I understand, I it like, be- I understand they need you access. You can't prove intent and lie. Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. Lie requires be- intent and you have to be able to prove that the, that the person knowingly... So that's why they, saw, they sort of sweeten it a little bit by saying 
falsehood. And you know what really bothers me is race, like racist. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's just allergy to saying racist. It's like I can think of like ten synonyms for racist used in the news all the time. It's oh like, yeah, provocative. Uh, right. You know, um, controversial. Yeah. Uh, Politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get to my least favorite There's a word, lot of vomit. divisive. <laughs> divisive. Like, that's divisive. Right. Uh, when you. when like it's like someone being like, oh, I hate black people. Yeah. Like, you know, and the, and I think hashtag stop calling cops on black people. Oh Continue. my god. Oh yes. my god. And I don't want to get us too off, but just uh, speaking of white ladies who suck. Yeah. Oh. Okay. White ladies. Next time you want to call the cops on a group of black teenagers standing around and existing, that's what they're doing. They're just existing. Or even if they're like, if they're bothering you or if they're inconveniencing you, those are not crimes. And you have to be responsible for the fact that you might be calling their fucking death squad to come out and kill them. Like, that is the consequence of calling the cops on someone who is a non-white person in this country is that you might be inviting their death. You have to fucking... You have to live with that morally. Like, think about that. Think about that, like, 11-year-old kid who's bothering you or the fucking, the, the ladies that were in the restaurant or... or that Yale graduate student the taking, Yale a student taking a nap in a, a fucking area. common dorm room area. Like, I mean, d- I think that... That the woman question, on I mean, the video, I, it, was, it made my stomach turn. I haven't watched the video yet because I don't want to watch another fucking bothered white lady spewing bullshit, especially one... I and, mean, of course, she's, like, a pink pussy hat wearing fucking... Hashtag resistance woman who it just it reeks so hard of white feminism. It drives me insane. And those are the ones that that piss me off more. It's the ones who claim to be on the right side of history on their fucking Facebook pictures and then turn around and do things like this. Yeah. At least give me the conservative, crazy right wing ladies who call the cops because I expect that from them. Like that's that's on brand. But it's the ones who claim to be a part of the resistance as it is. And then turn around and do things that are so, so detrimental or, or potentially so detrimental. I mean, anytime there's a police interaction with a black person at this point, you feel, I shouldn't feel this way, but I'm like, oh, thank God she's alive. That was my first thought. Yeah. 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 And you why? Know, or, that or shouldn't not be our thought. Or not in prison. Or not in prison. Or like false or, or st- yeah. you know, stupid. Or kicked out of school or some, you know, some lifelong consequence that can. Yeah, I mean, so I think that. Attributing it merely to, like, simple ignorance might not even be appropriate at this point. Yeah. Like, you have to be pretty goddamn blind not to have noticed Black Lives Matter right. at this point in time. <laughs> and I read some pretty persuasive... So there were, like, two things that I read on this sort of general sphere of topic that I wanted to bring up. I saw a thread on Twitter that was basically, like, um, the police are used by gentrifiers mm-hmm. yeah. to enforce social norms. Yeah. It's not about law. It's about making it uncomfortable for and or like dangerous for people of color to exist in the same area as white mm-hmm. people. Like when that woman called the police on those two Native American teens. Yeah. Oh my who God. Were on a college tour. Who were on a college tour. What yeah. she was saying was, I don't want these brown people going to college with my kid. Yeah. Like, that's what she was saying. Yeah. <laughs> like. That's what that is. And when that white woman, Yale grad student, called the police, she's saying, I don't think this black woman belongs in grad school with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is not legitimate here. She doesn't belong this in this space, building or this institution. This is a space for me and my whiteness, and that's it. Yes. And, like, 
Maybe and the people it's who called subconscious. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it was a white woman who called uh, the cops on those women, the the four black women who were leaving an Airbnb rental. They were oh, packing yeah. up their car and leaving. Yeah. And because they didn't oh, smile back and wave to her, yeah, sh- that's what made her call the police. That, old she claimed that mini, she yeah. I mean, that's waved like, to them. They didn't wave back, so they called the police. And then, of course, the woman who rented the house to them, another white woman, white women are really just crushing it, are... She was like, well, if she, if they would have just smiled back, it's like, no, bitch, if you had just told your fucking neighbors, hey, I'm renting out my house in an Airbnb, just so you know, there might be some people you don't recognize coming in out of my house. Everything's fine. Yeah. Well, also consider what that is. It's like perform subservience. Right. Smile, perform wave. Friendly, yeah. friendliness, shuck and jive. Exactly. You know? That's literally what or they're asking. Or I will call agents of the state to physically menace you. Yeah. So that's what it is. I mean, it's it's not, I think that, we give white women too much credence mm-hmm. for innocence, always. And that's the second like piece that I – there was a really interesting um, op-ed in The Guardian about like the power of white women's tears. Mm-hmm. And it was specifically about interactions with women of color, but how like white women's performance of innocence and victimhood mm-hmm. can get women of color killed. Yes. Um, yeah. The damsel in distress – Right. It's always like, the white girl. And crying. under white supremacy, like mm-hmm. white femininity, unbesmirched white femininity, right. or threatened white femininity is like the thing that you ride out for in Birth of a Nation, you know? Yeah. That's like the thing you go to battle She's for. She's the princess in the castle, and then we go fight for her. Like that's that's the mentality these these men, these cops have. And that's like the superpower that white women can tap into. Yep. Um, it's an evil superpower, mm-hmm. it's a super villain power. Um, but like, yeah, but like, why are we only using it against people of color and right. not against? Because it only works against white people of color. Only, yeah, because if yeah. you were to call, you know, because you can't, you know, like a woman, a white woman is worth less than a white man unless she's threatened by yeah. a person of like it only works in the schema of white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I don't think white supremacy is like woke on women's rights. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 an ob- you're an object to be defended, right? Yeah. But like, but this you know, threatened, fragile. What, the performance of white female fragility is like a powerful and ancient weapon. Like, look at the story of Emmett Till. This yeah. is an old story. And that woman has yeah. since literally stated that she lied about that. Like, not only were they, their tears, but there were lies that she told that got this boy brutalized and murdered. And, like, the fact that a lot of white people and white women, white women don't even know what Emmett, who Emmett Till was, and, like, that doesn't ring a bell to them is such a product of our privilege as white people to not know the history behind some of these, you know, really just horrific incidents in the past. But it's so, it's just as a, as a tool of gentrification, like that Twitter thread talked about, it's really, really, it's really sad because you see it in New York, especially like you see it in these neighborhoods like Williamsburg where, there's, you know, if there's a crowd of black teenagers, there's always some white girl rolling her eyes about it. And like, I see, I literally see that because there's a school, there's a public high school near the train where I get off to to go to work and I go to work around three o'clock, which is when school's getting out. And every time there's just a few like black kids standing around, there's always someone just like, ugh, like brushing past them with a bag. I've heard people complain about kids on the train and things like that. It's like, this is not... I don't know. It just this it isn't really, a white exclusive space, exactly. And it's in yeah. New York, fucking. And you don't city. get to force it to be one by well, calling also, the police. Yeah, it's like those those the those parents on the NY one side. Oh my god! Yeah, the like white parents yeah. freaking out that there were going to be more black kids in their school. Like yeah. Oh god. Um, yeah. It's awful, 
And I like that we have a school chancellor now who like is kind of standing up to them and being like, yeah. actually, no, like look at the proportionality. He's like, he, the, this, he's brand new and has been remarkably candid about these issues and like really pushing for racial integration. It'll be interesting to see how he operates in de Blasio's mm-hmm. New York. And this is a fairly new dynamic, but, um, rooting for you. Yeah, guy. definitely. Um, with, with those parents who, um, you know, probably on the surface talk about tolerance and think they're not racist, but then when they want to integrate the schools more all of a sudden and they swear it's not about racism, but they don't want their Mm -hmm. white children going to school with people of color. And it brings me back to the um, misogyny thing of in the democratic party that, you know, it's all these people Mm -hmm. acting like they are feminists or, and that they're, they won't stand for misogyny, but then as soon as their skin's in the game, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, well... It's like, well, it's different. Now there's an asterisk by it. Yeah. You know? Like, but Al Frank, it's amazing. It's like... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what if we replaced him with a feminist woman as a right. No, like, so just on the school diversity point, I think, just for listeners... Um, the best writer on this subject right now in America, to my mind, is this woman, Nicole Hannah-Jones, um, who writes for The Atlantic, I believe. She talks specifically about that. She said, like, what white parents want when they say they want a diverse school is curated diversity. Mm-hmm. They want a school that's 10 to 15% black, and anything above that is Raises when you eyebrows. start getting yeah. the mobs of... Um, yeah, so there, yeah, so there's tremendous hypocrisy in yeah. white liberalism. Like, this isn't a surprise. <laughs> like, hashtag resistance, Twitter, and even mm-hmm. just, like, life, you know, you don't get, you, you're not, like, woke because you hate Donald Trump. He's, like, Yeah, which feels like that. Like, the <laughs> there's more. So, there's so many people who, who, who are, like, actually perfectly fine with everything he does, but just, like, don't like that he's, like, orange and curses. Yeah, like. Merely hating Donald Trump, like, congratulations, you kind of pass, like, the lowest possible, like, barrier to entry of any sort of, like, liberal thought. But the racism that exists on the left is definitely worth remarking and worth criticizing. Um, and and anti-Semitism and misogyny. Look at it. And look at all the Bernie bros who, that was kind of the whole, like, really their whole thing. You know, they had such similar platforms, but they just couldn't. I firmly believe that like the most fervent supporters of Bernie Sanders were were that out of a place of misogyny in some way. So I joined DSA like two months mm-hmm. ago, Democratic Socialists oh, of cool. America. And it literally took me two years to go to a DSA meeting because like people had been so mean. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like a open Hillary supporter. I was like, yeah, I want a woman president. And like people were just devastatingly cruel with roses in their handles yeah and i'm just like and so i assumed like i would show up and everyone would be super mean and like you know quiz me on my feelings about gaza and like lenin and Mm -hmm. like you know i've you know i'm not like a perfect orthodox socialist and like i showed up and people were really earnest and nice and like kind and thoughtful and part of something bigger than themselves and excited about it um of course there's infighting like in any Mm -hmm. group but like people were super nice and i was like oh my god like you're not doing anyone any favors when you like try to own the libs by yeah. just like you <laughs> yeah. know being an asshole to anyone who's like slightly to the right of you on anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I will, I will also say that I think that me personally definitely fell for the Russian propaganda ma- machine that was trying to get Bernie Absolutely. Sanders people, you know, be, because you would see these posts and think that they were coming from Sanders supporters. I'm like, well, how are they saying these horrible things? And it, it really did influence the way, because like personally I knew a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters who were awesome and yeah, I, I would never think that they were misogynistic um, in any way. And, but, but then thought like, oh, how could you be so cool with this? Because online you're seeing just this like dump truck of misogyny. And I'm, yeah. now I'm like, how much of that was Russian trolls and how much of it was like seething into the Bernie supporters and getting like them all fi- yeah, I don't or know. producing propaganda that they then share. Like it's like, yeah, a mess. yeah. I would say just like, if we're going to leave this on a button, right? Like, Every person in this world, but especially white people, let's be real. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all born into a white supremacist country. We're born into a deeply sexist country. We're born into a country that, like, imbues just by virtue of being and breathing in this country, like, a set of prejudices that you need to spend the rest of your life unlearning if you want to fight for justice. And, like, no one's born perfect. Um, No one is raised perfectly. And, like, all of it is a struggle to learn and to be open and to listen. And, um, like, if you're doing that work, then you're progressing. Mm -hmm. I think we shouldn't demand perfection from each other from the outset, but rather, like, demand improvement, demand a struggle to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's okay to call people out when they're being shitty. And it's also okay to accept their apology and promise to change like we had um activist and comedian elsa waith on the podcast mm -hmm. uh, a while ago and um, one thing she said that i really liked was um she's more interested in calling people in than calling people out so you can like call someone out and that's more just you know makes them feel bad but like if you can somehow call someone in and just ask them to be better and it is all about just Hey, this you doesn't know, seem consistent with your values. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's talk about why this is hurtful to me. Exactly. Yeah, like, I find that that kind of engagement, like, it was like, you know, this morning, like, some dude was like, it's ridiculous that Spotify is not putting R. Kelly on their playlist. I'm like, actually, you know, he is currently using his music to, pr- like, the success of his music to prey on women. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, if you were, oh, if you <laughs> engage respectfully, like, a lot of times things resolve, not always. Um, but all we can ask of each other is to like acknowledge the tinderbox of uh, um, oppressive thoughts and, uh, sorry, the tinderbox of, of prejudice mm-hmm. in which we exist and to keep striving to be better and to yeah. know, to learn more. Especially like we live in hell. We might as yeah. well learn from each other while we're here. Yeah, exactly. We should have Talia on to give final thoughts on all of our episodes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just wrap and give us a yeah. wrap up. Like, hey. <laughs> we'll just have you call in every single time we, we record. Yeah. yeah, I can just be like, hey, this the is last Talia Laven. with Talia Laven. <laughs> final thoughts. Um, yeah, for all you ladies out there, I'm, I'm very good at making a happy ending <laughs> happen. Yes. I'm very single. Call me and follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Your Twitter feed is my favorite 
that's how this whole thing happened. Because yeah. I was like, I'm, I fucking love her. I'm going to yeah. see if she'll... I'm going to slide into her DMs and see if she'll come to the podcast. And, and you I, did. And it's I a great did. I was so happy. Yeah. Before we get to plugs. So we do like to end the show with a random question, but this one... Uh, might not seem so random, though I didn't know that you were Orthodox Jewish. Um, I grew up Orthodox Jewish. Uh, yeah. Or, okay, you grew up Orthodox Jewish. Have you seen Disobedience? <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't because... And that's terrible that I just did that to you because I like bemoan <laughs> the fact that people ask me if I've seen the kids are all right, but yeah. this question has to do with disobedience. But um, So Rachel Weiss can get it. Yeah, like yeah. she's so hot. Yes, <laughs> but Rachel McAdams as a Hasidic lesbian, like, come on. Yeah, someone else I know had a problem with that too. That's like the she's only. She's in cre- yeah. face. She's the whitest looking person I've ever met in my life. She, <laughs> she looks like if a she pint looks, of Guinness, yeah. like you know, <laughs> was poured over a shamrock. She looks like, like that's a pint what... of Guinness called the cops on some black teenagers hanging out. In the like exactly. So there was like a she some gives story. A good performance. Yeah, like yeah. some story during filming, she like put on Hasidic garb and tried to like walk around in Hasidic LA and like pass. And, and of course she couldn't. She's Rachel McAdams. Right, right. <laughs> you get two Jewish looking women. Women were yeah. not so repulsive. Natalie Portman's Jewish. Like yeah. Mila Kunis. Ooh, Natalie Portman. Oh, can you imagine yeah. Rachel Weiss and Mila Kunis being uh, I can. And Hasidic I lesbians? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so that's, I've stayed away merely because, even though like, I, like ordinarily I would like love to review. I'm just like, yeah, it's like there was this movie where like they had like Viggo Mortensen and like like play Sigmund Freud. I'm like he's not a Jew. Get a yeah. Jew. Yeah, get a Jew. There are Jews in Hollywood. Where there's not a few. Scarce. Yeah, yeah. There are queer Find women. One. Yeah, like a queer woman to play. And I, I told this to my mom, parts. and she was like, "That's racist. We don't all look the same." I'm like, "But none of us look like Rachel McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> not one." Right, right. Like, is she playing a convert? Maybe I don't think so. She's just supposed to play a chassid. I'm mm-hmm. like. Come on. There are beautiful Hasidic women. Yeah. You know, you walk through Williamsburg and you're like, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've seen them. Um, but like, none of them look like Rachel McAdams. Yeah. yeah. That's just, that's not a thing. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to, I think. So I saw it. Okay. And I haven't been able to talk about it because we took a week off the podcast and I enjoyed it. It's a, It's very heavy on the Judaism mm-hmm. content. So if you're just there for the lesbian stuff, you are sitting through a lot of religious <laughs> content. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a long time before it gets to the first I mean, encounter. But I will say, and, and if you haven't seen it, you don't want any spoilers, which it's not really like a spoiler it's type movie. It's not Star Wars. Like, it's not, it, it's yeah. not a, a Marvel comic film. Yeah. Uh, it, Rachel Weisz took the about- Infinity Stone <laughs> yeah. lesbianism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what was interesting about it in terms of being a, a movie with a queer storyline is that um, the characters, the Rachels, they had had an affair um, earlier in their lifetime. So this wasn't like the same storyline of, you know, two women who have never been with women or it wasn't right. like a Carol thing where it's like, oh, you know, one of them is all new to this. Yeah. It was like 
they had their thing in the past. People kind of knew about it. She leaves the faith and then she comes back for her father's funeral. And then you, you know, you know, from the previews, they're going to hook yeah, up. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but then the point to where like they, they hook up again, it kind of takes a while. There is a sex scene. Okay. And they are two beautiful women and it's going well. <laughs> And then there's this like record scratch moment. Karina, did you see the movie? Okay. There's this record scratch moment and uh, my wife just burst out laughing and turns In the theater? In, yeah. We, we were both like really giggly through it and nobody else was. And then she, <laughs> Cecilia turns to me and she's like, this doesn't represent us. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. So, I've heard about the record scratch moment. My boss yes. ruined it for me, but yeah. Yeah. So my random question is... <laughs> If you're if you're having sexy times with somebody and then they just start spitting into your mouth, um, just like globs of spit, not like you're spitting like out a, a sunflower seed, just Ugh, like I'm letting the saliva things. fall from my mouth into yours. Um, hell no, or go with the flow. <laughs> Just what do you do? Absolutely not. I'm going to say yeah. no. Spit is the one thing that grosses me out more than... If I'm on the subway platform, I would rather a... It's always a guy who hawks a fucking... I can't even say it. Who does that really... Loogie. Yeah, the hawks a loogie. It makes me gag saying it. I'd rather, I'd rather him... I'd rather him take a piss on the subway yeah. platform. I would rather you pee in front of me than spit my, in front of me. My I find first it to be girlfriend, so my first girlfriend, used to hawk loogies all the time, and uh, I was like, "Can you not? Can yeah. you not?" So yeah. I'm not particularly grossed out by spit as like a bodily fluid. Yeah, um, it, and it has its uses in sex. Um, yeah, you know, as a lubricant. But right. like, I don't want your spit. Just like, like drooled directly, into my like, like baby birded into like, your mouth. Like <laughs> so, like I'm happy with like a passionate makeout. There's yeah. just right, commingling right. saliva. I mean, that's the, fine. The yeah. interesting, but, like, but just, just like strings a direct of, stream. I don't but, know. But the thing is, like one of the one of you also has to be ready for it. So it's like in the scene, like one has her mouth open, the other's spitting into it. So it's like they've done this before, right? And I'm like, how? how <laughs> How does that even happen the first this time? Is a, like, hey, for old times' sake, by open the way, your mouth real quick. I'm really into drool. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know my kink, baby. But the, I mean, I guess it's like harmless. But yeah, like, it's like, harmless. Like, shame anyone, but like, like saliva transfers when you're making out and stuff. And if you're into it, I'm just like, I, I was just very curious by the whole thing. It was an interesting choice. I read up on it afterwards. Yeah. They said it was to show like the intimacy and the trust between them. I'm like, okay, maybe I can buy that. Um, I can't even see, I like, in some other, sort of, like, ways they kink, like, scenario if someone, like, spits on you, like, you know, to yeah, I don't degrade know. you or whatever. That's yeah. not really my thing, but, like, fine, I see it, but just, like... The other yeah. thing about this, though, was that it didn't look like spit, and it was a lot of it, so I'm like, what's, uh, what's going I mean, on here? What happened? Yeah. So then I looked I it up, and they used <laughs> flavored lube, so... Rachel one is just like Which dribbling Rachel? out. Yeah, this is crucial. Which, Which is Rachel? the top we might as well Rachel. Rachel Weiss is the one spitting. She's the spitter. Oh, of course. I the think. one that looks more Jewish is spitting into the the more wholesome glacial looking one. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, just saying. look that up, Karina, because I, I can't remember. It's been two weeks since I've, I've been seen called it. a degenerate Jew by too many Nazis yeah. in social media. I am very 
Also, my voice became like 20% more Jewish as soon as I love this it. segment began. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I feel like I'm gonna, I need to watch this. Like, My plan for watching this movie is like wait for it to come out mm-hmm. as like I can download it or whatever. Yeah. Or stream it. And then like get really high mm-hmm. and like hang out with my roommate, a fellow queer Jewess, and just like relentlessly critique <laughs> yeah. everything about it. Yeah. Just be like, please do this That's and please live tweet it. <laughs> I did see like a Hasidic guy who I know like tweeted out every frame of the trailer and was like, where did they go to get the hats? Is this Westworld? Like <laughs> they were like, not the right hats. Oh really? Um, yeah. They were like, like too broad or whatever. Okay. I'd be interested um, in, in hearing like the critiques, the from sartorial that. critique. Yeah. And then there's also like, he also said, you know, Hasidic portrait portrayals of Hasidism in the media are like very one note. Mm-hmm. They're very like, this is a, land of oppression I'm like it kind of is but like from my perspective but also there is beauty in it blah 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 whatever mm-hmm. that's not so much my point of view but I'm like pick the right hat yeah yeah <laughs> like find a Hasidic Jew accuracy in the costume department that's all like, we want <laughs> yeah you know it's about ethics and and accuracy Hasidic Hus- Hus- yeah. Hus- yeah. journalism yeah um no but but um yeah that's what I'm gonna do I'm just gonna like Smoke a huge blunt and just I can't wait for relentlessly this. bitch at this movie. <laughs> um, I'll write like a four thousand word column. Yes, I was going to say how many thousands of words will your critique be? I need it. Oh my yeah. god! Threaded tweet expand seventy eight tweets. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'll be like one of those like one like Russia Gate threads. Yeah, yeah. one of those I'm Seth like, Abramson like, like oh ninety tweet screeds. Yeah, like ninety. What or more than that? Shortened. Yeah, that's, one. Like, that's problems, a good one. Problems that's with Jews and lube drool and disobedience, <laughs> one out of 278. Like, I'm mad. I'm like a little afraid of the emotions this movie oh, will release. Oh, that's great. In me. I can't wait. It, it, was, it was beautifully done. Karina, did you like it? We got what? an apathetic shrug from All Karina. Right. So. <laughs> I have thoughts. Okay. There are at least two movies. There's one movie about Hasidic queerness that I would recommend you watching, and it's called Trembling Before God. It's an old docu- older documentary, but it's uh, great. It's cool. really like I was to say, to like, why haven't I heard of this? But it's yeah. it's a doc. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a doc, and it's a little bit older, and it but it like actually follows the lives of yeah. like Orthodox. I'm not shitting on docs. Cool. I'm just like not queer Orthodox as Jews. Familiar yeah, with them. But um, and there was also a great movie. Great movie. Uh, this is about a straight um, romance, but it's a lovely movie um, uh, called. Um, uh, Felix and, May- and Mayra um, okay. uh, about like a couple sort of fumbling their way into like an affair and mm-hmm. and actually they cast Yiddish speaking Hasidic actors um, and it was a really wonderful beautiful movie hmm. um, there's a scene where they kind of like wind up dancing the tango in like a restaurant and it's Aww. really lovely Great. Um, so both of those movies I would recommend more than Rachel McAdams plays a Jew <laughs> <laughs> like come on <laughs> like I wonder if but that was the elevator pitch for the movie. <laughs> right? It's like, Rachel McAdams plays st- a gay Jew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, duh. Yeah. I forget who tweeted it, but someone said it's refreshing to see a movie with an interracial, or Rachel, I messed it up. An inter- inter- interracial <laughs> relationship. I love that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I need to see it. I promised you I would, and I failed. Yeah. Oh, um, well, if MoviePass makes it another day, I'm going to try to go see <laughs> a movie called Duck Butter that's out, where um, Aaliyah Shawkat plays... Oh. Uh, or there's, like, a queer... She's a queer lady it. in it? Yeah. I mean, she's a queer well, lady in real, real life. life she's like, bisexual. 
Her character um, in the... Yeah, I think there's lady... Great. Um, lady stuff, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, can I do the plug that I said I will? Oh, yeah, yes. it's time for plugs, plugs, plugs. And yes. we have a different kind of plug. This I'm not being paid <laughs> to do this. Yeah. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. <laughs> we have a different kind of plug. It's, I love that. I'm not being paid to do this. Yes, we, we already yeah. said our sponsor. Yeah, our sponsor. This has nothing to do with our sponsor we mentioned but it earlier. Could. I just need to tell you all, I went to Babeland last weekend. Okay. And I bought this thing called the Lilo Sona Cruise. It's about $100, so it's mm-hmm. a, a spend. It sounds like a digital organizer, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> it is a vibrator type thing that uses sound waves to stimulate your clit. You hear that mom and dad? And <laughs> Oh God, I'm not sending them this. I'm not sending my parents this. Okay. Um, I just need you all to know I had a synesthetic orgasm. I've never experienced <laughs> synesthesia in my life. When I came, I saw and felt blue sparks. I felt that they were blue exploding in my body I also couldn't walk for like a minute. Like this shit is powerful. This shit is real. How do you and spell it? Lilo? L-E-L-O. Okay. Sona. Cruise. Please send me 50. Yeah. The company. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we can get them at a sponsor, at then we can get a oh discount code. Um, Absolutely. We might send them a sound clip of this. Like yeah. legit. This was, I have like been evangelizing like crazy <laughs> to every single one of my female friends and they all like come back and they're like, Oh yeah, my Lilo came today. <laughs> I haven't been able to walk for like three hours because I haven't stopped coming. And I'm that's like, <laughs> I'm just like, feel the orgasm. <laughs> I'm like spreading the gospel. Um, wow. So I'm that's evangelizing awesome. for this sex toy. Great. That's a normal thing for me to be doing. But I thought that I would share. <laughs> this is the place to do it. With this the is, audience yeah. of diking out. Yeah. This wonderful little thing. And don't, it's not really a toy you can use with a partner. Okay. You need to like use it while you're by yourself and can like sure. listen to your body. Take some time. Drink a glass of wine. This is all about you. Great. And the blue sparks that will explode. Your, within you down your spine <laughs> okay i'm done amazing <laughs> and now what's your twitter handle yeah. <laughs> um when i'm not talking about vibrators um it's at chick uh underscore in underscore kiev like the city mm-hmm. it's a really bad pun on like the dish chicken kiev um and i made it while i was living in kiev in 2013 great um, ah. It's a dumb handle, and I wish I could change it, but I can't because I'd lose my blue check, and then I would die. <laughs> you exactly. lose the blue check Speaking when you change the handle. Yeah, yeah, that's ah. it's, it's one of my horcruxes, my blue check. So I would die. Um, but yeah, You're down to one. Yeah, <laughs> follow me on follow me on Twitter. Um, and it's worth your time. Please read my columns in the Village Voice. They're very fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Get and that web traffic mean. up. Yeah. Very mean. Click on them multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, the harpy. I'll Retweet read it again. Yeah. yeah. Woo. And also support the Village Voice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's an institution, man. Yeah. Yeah. More of that. And then you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Diking Out. Uh, if you have questions for us or have a topic you want us to cover, you can send us an email, dikingout at gmail.com. And 
please, if you're able to support us on Patreon, uh, it's patreon.com slash diking out. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you know how to spell diking out. Uh, a quick note, if you're at a Patreon level um, that where you would get like a temporary tattoo or a pin that is only for people within the United States, um, there are a couple international people who will be getting their pins I'm following through. <laughs> Didn't realize that we would have international listeners ordering the pins. Yeah. And man, uh, shipping costs a lot for that. So yeah. you two are lucky. And thank you for listening. We love our international <laughs> listeners, but no pins for you <laughs> from now on. No merch, guys. Come on. No merch unless uh, we find another way to get it for you where you pay for shipping. Yeah. There you and go. Us. Uh, thank you so much for decking out with us. Talia, thank you so much for coming here and decking out with us. Ladies, I'm single. (laughs) Yes, again. I'm just kidding. For the the love of God, DMs are open on Twitter. They're so... (laughs) They're open wide. (laughs) I know she sounds satisfied with the vibrator. Right. (laughs) But she's also open to (laughs) in-person contact. The Lilo Sona Cruz. It's truly amazing. But it can't hold my hand. Right. Or, or make fun of Rachel McAdams with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're sitting next to you. I guess you could take you it to disobedience. You can't share a bottle of rosé with it. Yeah. I could take it to the movies. You could. It's pretty small. <laughs> I could, like, hold it in my purse like it's my yeah. little chihuahua. Like, you hey. wouldn't be the first. I've worked at a movie theater. Weird shit goes yeah. down. And people are in a dark room and think that nobody can see right. them. Oh. Even though sitting right times. next to them. Anywho. I'll... Like yeah. out with us next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.